the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We look at issues from the day, of the day, from a Christian perspective, 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, should parents be held criminally liable for their children's criminal behavior? What do you think? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Should parents be held criminally liable for their children's behavior? And if so, where do you draw that line? I'm asking because of a major case that uh, came down yesterday, the mother of convicted Michigan, a Michigan school shooter, the mother was convicted herself yesterday of involuntary manslaughter because of the killings done by her son. Tonight, an unprecedented verdict. We find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Jennifer Crumbly found guilty on four counts, one for each student her son killed, leaving the courtroom in handcuffs as the first parent in the U.S. ever convicted for their role in a mass school shooting committed by their child. The jury forewoman speaking out to NBC News. It was very difficult. It wasn't an easy decision. The thing that really hammered at home is that she was the last adult with the gun. After the verdict, family members of those four students hugging prosecutors. So the story will continue, but Jennifer Crumley was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter after her son went on a rampage killing four people in the school. Prosecutors said that she was a negligent mother and they revealed how they revealed a lot. It's an interesting thing that they did in, in the court case because it really comes down to She ought to have known that her child had mental illness and a lot going on. In fact, she was even called into the school, along with dad, into the school. And his trial comes up next, by the way. They brought them into the school to say, we're worried that your son is going to do something violent. And they had evidence to believe that. And they said, well, they said, we want you to take him home. And uh, they said, no, we got to go to work, which is understandable. You got to go to work. But that same day is when he did the school shooting. And uh, this story, it's very emotional. Parents were involved here. So I'm asking the question, and it opens up a whole interesting discussion legally about parenting. And we talk a lot about parenting and parents' rights and, and all of that. What, you know, when should parents be held liable for the crimes of their children? 888 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Two five five seven. The story continues. The historic verdict following seven days of emotional testimony, culminating with Crumbly taking the stand in her own defense. I wish she would have killed us instead. Prosecutors suggested she was a negligent mom who ignored mounting red flags about her son's behavior. She did not give him the help that he wanted. The defense arguing Crumbly was an engaged parent. No one could have expected this, including 
Mrs. Crumley. Legal experts say this case may have implications far beyond this courthouse. It is a it's an important case and one that as a parent and as people I think who are concerned about what parents think and what they do, we should be paying attention to. So the, the prosecutors brought in all kinds of stuff, too, about her personal life, that she was having uh, affairs with uh, the fire captain in town and she was uh, doing all kinds of other things uh, in her own personal life that, you know, I think if you if you took a look at her life, there was a whole lot of things added to it that would certainly make any jury dislike her. But the crime was that she didn't take the gun away from her kid, that she provided this. What do you think? Should parents be held responsible for the crimes of their children? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Sandra in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Oh, hi, Pastor Scott. I really enjoy your show, and um, I'm going to be real brief. I think that in regards to her having, letting the kid have the gun, um, definitely, I think she's guilty of it. Also, you know what? Um, a lot of parents should take responsibility for their children. I've worked like as an au pair in the past, and I've worked for really wealthy families. And some of them, you know, were working all the time, and they didn't even, you know, have, have anything to do with the kids. They always hired somebody to take care of them or whatever. And in that situation, I think that's wrong. I think that the parents are guilty of neglect, neglect and teaching them the right way to act and behave. And if the lady knew her son was mentally ill right from the get-go, she should have gotten him help. Now, whether it was out of pride or shame, whatever, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If she knew that her son had a problem, she should have gotten him help. And also she had the gun available. So I, I agree with what they're doing. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I think that uh, most people are saying that they agree with this verdict uh, for those reasons. Thank you, Sandra. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. So I'm asking the question, should uh, parents be held liable for the crimes of their children? Now, of course, this is a, a horrific crime. Um, her son was convicted in one of these school shootings in uh uh, he killed four different students and wounded seven others in a 2021 shooting at Oxford High School in Oakland County, Michigan. And he pleaded guilty to all charges and was sentenced to life in prison uh, without parole. That's uh, that ju- that verdict just came down in December. His parents have each pleaded not guilty. Um, his dad goes on trial next month, actually, for the same charges. And uh, the prosecutors argued this case, that she was grossly negligent in what she did, was she gave her 15-year-old son the gun and ignored his mental health issues. So there is an issue here for sure about how much do you even know your kids are into, which I think as a parent, you have a responsibility to ask questions and get involved. Um, but in this case, you she should have known, and she got him the gun. They went to the range together, and maybe she thought she was being responsible or something, but they went to the range together, and the where it got just really crazy is the school administrators knew that there was something bad. He had drawn these terrible pictures and written things about everybody's going to die, and he got caught. On the very day of the shooting, a teacher found a drawing that he did with a figure of a gun and a person who was shot, and his parents were contacted and advised to take him home, and they didn't. And uh, one of the teachers also found on his phone they caught him searching for ammunition during class. You know, people might search for ammunition, right? How often do you look at something like that and you go, all right, well, they're looking for that. What does that mean? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And I think a good part of this question about parenting is 
it's probably not hard to with this particular case to go, yeah, mom and dad are liable. They should have known. They should have done something. They were warned. Uh, and murders happened with a weapon that they gave their son, right? It's an extreme case. But when you pull this back, you know, at what point are parents liable for a child's crimes? What if it's stealing cars? What if it's uh, stealing, uh, you know, when maybe they're involved in one of these uh, mass shootings. Maybe there are other crimes that they're involved in. What's the parent's role and how do we as a society hold parents accountable? 888-528-2557. The news story continues here. Does this open the door for parents to be held accountable for mass shootings, school shootings in the future? It absolutely does. I believe this will be used as persuasive precedent. And uh, that is one of the issues here is that it, as we see school shootings, and there have been a few where um, probably most of them, honestly, the parents have some role of negligence involved, but there have been some where the parents, I think, are extremely negligent, where they clearly know their child has got problems and still let them have access to the weapons. Sometimes it's the parents didn't lock up their own weapons. They didn't take care, right? But there's involvement at a lot of levels, and it has implications for many other things, not just school shootings. And Maggie, Jennifer Crumbly's trial may be over, but her husband's is still to come. Yeah, Lester, that's right. James Crumley's trial is set for March 5th. He's also charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter. And when Jennifer Crumley is sentenced in April, she faces up to 15 years per count. Per count. So that's 60 years that uh, she could go away for. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. I'm asking this question, how should parents be held accountable legally criminally liable for, should they be held criminally liable for their children's criminal acts? And uh, if so, where do you draw the line from where the child is responsible only or where the parent bears some responsibility? How do you, what do you think about this? 888-528-2557. Richard in California, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Pastor Scott? Yeah, go ahead, Richard. Hi, Scott. Yeah, my name is Richard. I'm from California. Yeah. Uh, I'm a gun owner. I own two handguns. And in California, the law is is that yeah, you are the gun owner. You are responsible for anything that happens with that with that uh, firearm. And so, uh, to protect myself against that, because I will be liable if a child, uh, my child or any child, got a hold of it and used it in that respect that we're talking about. Uh, so I use like a double lock protection where. I keep both handguns in separate cases with a padlock on them. The guns themselves, they each have a trigger lock that, you know, was with a key. So there, there's no way that they can get to, you know, the gun and use it. Because even if they, someone got bolt cutters and opened up the box, the gun lock on the trigger, they're not going to be able to, to cut that off. So that protects me. That shouldn't, you know, because here in California, I would be held liable uh, for anybody who uses my gun um, in that respect, in yeah. any way. And taking care of it like that also protects people and kids in particular from accidents, right? That they might oh. find the gun in your closet or they're snooping around for it. Hey, look what dad has. Uh, yep. And they would be held liable if that actually happened too. Yeah, if, yeah. If I just left it in a, in a, in a box unsecured and a, and, and a child found it and accidentally hurt somebody, that... I would definitely be held liable for here in California. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think that this mom, this mom obviously is, she didn't protect her gun. She in fact gave the kid the gun, right? So that's a big part of it. Uh, should a, mm-hmm. if, if someone were to find 
guns and, you know, let's take it to this extreme. The parent did what they ought to do to lock them up. And, you know, kids are, you know, if they find ways, right, uh, should a parent still be liable if a kid ends up being able to break the locks or pick the locks or finds where the key is or the combination? Should a parent still be liable? Uh, it depends on the on the situation because if my guns were, were accessed and somehow, uh, see, they're on my keychain. I have my keys with me, you know, uh, when I'm driving and all of that. But if somehow they got a hold of those keys and they unlocked it, then I can prove that, you know, I did, you know, uh, secure them. They were secure. And somehow, unbeknownst to me, they were able to take that key and open it up. Then that's, you know, kind of tricky because I hope yeah. I wouldn't be responsible. Because you, you have to show <clears throat> that you, you know, uh, did your due diligence in securing, you know, those handguns. Yeah. Well, I'm, and I'm curious, I asked that question because I'm curious to where this goes. You know, in this case, obviously, this woman is, uh, you know, very responsible for the, the killing. She she should have known. That's what the jury felt. That's probably accurate. Mm-hmm. And thank you for doing that and sharing about locking up. And if you're your guns and stuff, appreciate that. And if you're listening and you own guns, please do not ignore the safety of locking up your guns, especially from kids or visitors. I just had the conversation kind of randomly with uh, my son, John, the other day. I said, hey, you know, you go to your friend's house or something like that. This is not cool. You know, if dad has guns or there's something, it's, you don't play with it. You don't say, hey, look what I got. Don't go with. And, and I'm saying that because as a pastor, I've had to deal with this a couple of times where kids were accidentally shot and killed by accident. And in some cases, I know two cases where they were four years old. And it was, look what daddy has. And uh, it's terrible. It's just a terrible, terrible thing. And and the people in those cases, they they felt, you know, awful. It wrecked their lives, you know, that this would happen. But it was just very simple. They didn't lock it up. They thought, oh, he's four. What's he going to do? He's not going to find this. You know, I promise you it happens. And I, and I think that's some of what happens with uh, our kids when our kids are in trouble. We Sometimes we say, I don't think that would really happen. Uh, he's not really going to do that. I'm not really going to worry about it. You know, sometimes it's an accident, but sometimes our kids are into some bad things and, uh, and, uh, we've got to just be prepared for that. All right. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. And we are responding to the conviction that just happened, uh, yesterday, a Michigan mom who is the mother of a school shooter was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter of all four kids who died in that. And her her husband will be going on trial for the same thing soon. And I'm asking this question, how should parents be held criminally liable for the criminal actions of their kids? And is there a place where you draw that line? or And what should we recognize as a society um, when it comes to parenting in this way? 888-528-2557. Carla in Los Angeles, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello, thank Hi, you for having me, yeah. <laughs> talking to me. Um, I do completely agree that we should be held liable. I know that when I decided to have children, I knew I was going to be responsible, not only to the age of that they were 18, but I definitely feel my responsibility as a mother to love them and take care of them always for as long as I live. Um, not only do I feel that we should be responsible for our kids and their actions, of course, to the age of 18, make sure that they're doing their grades, make sure that they're doing, um, you know, if they're involved in anything um, illegal or as a parent for the love of your child and for the care of your child, you want to make sure um, that you are involved in their life. Yeah. 
So, yes, for that same reason, should you be responsible? Um, no different than I feel like we're responsible for our city, for our world, for our earth, for everything that's around us, especially our children. Yeah, I think that what's happening here, too, is she knew in this case, she knew that her child had mental health uh, issues. And one of the things I'm thinking about is do we as parents want to sometimes ignore that our child might have mental health issues or or maybe we think that they're involved in other things? Do we feel has society made us feel like we don't need to play a role there or it's up to the school or it's up to the youth group or it's up to somebody else? Do you feel like parents are releasing responsibility in this era for their kids? I'm sure that there must be some evidence showing that she was either negligent that would prove her guilty. Yeah. Um, I think if it's something that you did not know or if it showed that you really were um, oblivious or um, in denial of love, I'm sure that there would be something to that fact. Yeah. Um, so I'm more than sure that the courts looked further into that. There was more evidence. So, I, you know, I, I know that not everything is black and white. So depending on the situation, the circumstances, but for the most part, yes, I do think that we we should be responsible. All right, Carla, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Should parents be held criminally liable, criminally liable for the crimes of their kids? So we're talking about school shooting, and this is a terrible situation, and this person clearly, I think, has much liability. I think the jury got it right. But what I wonder about, and the reason why it's such an impactful case is because this same case sets precedent for a parent having, you know, criminal liability for the actions of their kid. So if you pull this back a little bit and you start to say, well, maybe she was, you know, another parent was less involved in this child's uh, use of a gun or less involved. Maybe they were, you know, where do you, maybe the crime is theft. Maybe the crime is they like to steal cars. You know, one of these uh, smash and grabs the other day, the it was one where the child, a, a car was driven through the front of a store, and then everybody, you know, 20 people went in there and cleaned out the store. The car was driven by a 13-year-old, 13. Should the parent be liable, criminally liable, for the criminal actions of this 13-year-old, for example? I don't think anybody got killed or injured in this, but there's a lot of property destruction and uh, theft. You know, where do you draw the line here? 888-528-2557 is the number, 888 528 2557. Linda in Los Angeles, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. How, um, love your show. Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you. Um, uh, so I, I just want to say, yes, I, I do believe that, um, you know, that in this case, you know, the, the jury did get it right. Um, I was telling the screener, just like how, you know, if we were to give keys to, um, you know, our car to our children, knowing that they don't have a driver's license and they end up, you know, killing someone, mm-hmm. we would be held responsible in the same, in the same way, you know, um, and, you know, granted, I know that it's almost impossible, especially with teenagers, so the way that they, they, you know, just retract and, you know, bury themselves in their thoughts or whatever. But, you know, I'm, I'm a single parent. I, I've raised two children on my own since they were babies. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it got to the point um, with my son when he was a teenager, you know, he didn't want to talk to mom. He and and and, um, and I told him, OK, listen, either you talk to me or you talk to a therapist. Choose, because I, I, I need to know what's going on. And, um, you know, 
later on, I mean, he's like, okay, fine. And he's just, you know, it turned out to be a heartbreak or whatever. But, you know, the point is that um, later on, he told me, he's like, mom, you're such a helicopter parent. <laughs> and I stretch out my arms and I, da, 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 that's right. You know, because I have to be on top of their social media. I have to be, you know, knowing what's going on in, in their hearts and their minds in their schools. I needed to know what was going on with them. And, you know, thankfully, thank God that um, they're, you know, now grown, both grown. My daughter's in grad school now, and um, my son's on his way still in school as well. I mean, you know, and it was all because, I mean, first of all, God, but um, because I made sure that I was on top of their lives. I needed mm-hmm. to know. I needed to be present. However, which way I could, you know, those little moments that I could, and, oh, what's going on? Show me, oh, with, you know, this friend, and where, you know, how are they doing, and da, da, da. You know, just making sure that you have that connection and have that lines of communication open with your children at all times. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I do believe that, you know, we are responsible for yeah. our, our children. Um you I'm know, so glad you did that, and, and it makes me laugh. We're about I got to go to a break here, but it makes it makes me laugh for you. You're a helicopter mom, and you're not. <laughs> you, you know that's a great way of putting that. You you've got to be involved, and there's there's you know a place I think where it's too much, right, with your kids, and it's overbearing. That's that's a real thing on the other side, but you can't pull back so much that you are uninvolved as a parent. And you might have just saved their lives or the lives of others because of your involvement there, Linda. Thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557 is the number. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. You know... Uh, she knew that her that her son, you know, had mental health problems. She purchased her and her husband purchased her son a, a you know, their fifteen year old son a deadly weapon. Uh, they failed to to store it and to keep it safe and secure. They knew the day of the shooting that you know at school he had been called into uh, the the principal's office for having drawn these very grotesque uh, and concerning and disturbing pictures. Of, uh, of a gun being fired, blood everywhere, the thoughts won't stop, showing, you know, murdered corpses. They, they didn't take even the, you know, most ordinary, simplest measures to ensure that he didn't have a gun on him at that time. They didn't take him home from school. They didn't try to get him uh, mental health uh, treatment at that point. Um, and then after the shooting, they fled the area, and they went into hiding. That is Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel, who is talking about the verdict for Jennifer Crumbly, who was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter after her son Ethan went on a shooting rampage at school in Michigan and killing four people. And so what's happened is this is the first case where a parent has been held responsible for legally, criminally, for a school shooting. Now, this case is very extreme. When you get into it, it's just terribly sad. And this kid you know, we've been talking about, I've asked this question, how should a parent be held criminally liable for what their children do if it's a a crime? In this case, it's very, very clear that he was reaching out. He actually had a journal. And in the journal, he wrote, my parents won't listen to me about help or a therapist. And another one read, I have zero help for my mental problems, and it's causing me to shoot up the school. 
And uh, he later talked about this, and he he asked for help. He said, "At least text my back from text me back to his mom," and she didn't even respond. So there's a whole lot of of abusive uh, parenting in this way that is from her. And from a legal standpoint, is uh, most of us I think agree with what this verdict was, but it also opens up the door to parental responsibility. And something else I've thought about, and I'm going to get to your calls here in a second, is. You know, we're at a time where, on the one hand, you have parental rights being taken away. You don't have a right to know what your kid's up to at school when it comes to, you know, their gender issues or if they're having an abortion or other even health care issues, even simple health care issues that shouldn't be controversial. In California, you're not allowed to know if they're over 12. Did you know that? Without their permission. And there is such a move to take away parents' responsibilities. And yet at the same time, we also have these parents being held accountable for not taking care of their kids, which I think is right uh, in these cases. But there is a a inconsistency here by saying that a parent is responsible in these areas, but not responsible in these areas legally. And so there is there is a conflict coming up between two different schools of thought with this. What do you think? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Brent in San Marcos. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Scott, I really appreciate the show. Long-time listener. Very very profound conversation. And, uh, yeah, this is, a, uh, this is a hit out of the park. We know that, that uh, in this scenario it's sad, and the, and the mom and probably the dad will be held accountable. I think we need to be careful. Uh, the previous caller... <clears throat> talked about how he keeps his weapons locked up and he's very responsible i think that's spot on he's uh he should you know that would be a scenario where he would not be held accountable but um there is no black and white answer to this it it really depends and you gave the example of the 13 year old driving through for the smash and grab would the parents be responsible well i don't know is the parent negotiating this and are they you know Mm. we live in a dark sinful fallen world and there might be people out there like hey you're a minor you won't be held accountable let's do this and we'll smash and grab so yes the parents will be held accountable there but for the most part you said it earlier kids are going to do devious things sometimes and we need to hold them accountable and we have to be really careful not to go behind to the right and holding parents accountable for what they frankly can't manage yeah i think it's really you have to know the details and i think a, an interesting thing about this is that to me just the facts the way they are of her uh not paying attention not even responding really to her son who's crying out for help right he's saying i got a problem um but they decided to in the trial to really go after her personal life uh and it was pretty bad she was it was she was not you know, doing good things with her life in general. And I think that might be something like with a 13-year-old's parents. Do they even have a clue? Are they are they doing their best or are they completely disconnected? I think those questions are relevant, you know, from... Uh, and, if, yeah. and this gets into your, your previous conversation, the importance of the church, and this is where we need to be to help mentor one another, come alongside a mom or dad that's having a hard time to mm. help mentor them, to get them the mental health, both them and their child, to get them the help they need. But come alongside and not judge them, not stick our hand, you know, finger in their face, but to come alongside them and say, hey, this is okay, uh, this is, and let's get you the help you need. You yeah, know? you're right, Brent. Again, place for the church. Yeah, thank you, Brent, for your call. You're so right about that because, you know, it's something in church that we need to do is continue to encourage parents that it's okay to parent because the society in this weird way 
We are illegally, we're pushing parents out on a whole lot of issues that I just mentioned a few minutes ago. We don't want parents' rights. The state raises the kid. And then on this other extreme, it's you are responsible for the criminal behavior of your kid. But there's also the problem of, I think, in the middle somewhere where parents try to deal with am I my kid's friend or not. We had a kid one time who got, got caught with marijuana at church camp. It happens. Probably happens a lot, actually. And the interesting thing was is that we they got kicked out of camp, sent home, right? We had to bring them home. Um, Mom and dad didn't care. They were mad at us for her getting kicked out of camp. They were not mad at her for uh, bringing her weed up to camp. And the interesting thing there is this young young girl, she knew that was the wrong response from her parents. Uh, you know, I think you're, you know, you're a kid and you sort of don't want to get in trouble on the one hand. And so you're kind of glad. But on the other hand, you're like, I think I should have been in trouble there. I think kids know that they are being neglected. They, they understand something, even if they're happy about it. Uh, and the church has a role in helping parents be parents and helping parents not, not just try to be friends, but to actually parent. Uh, 888-528-2557, should parents be held criminally responsible for their kids' criminal behavior? 888-528-2557. Lisa in, uh, is it California? Lisa? Yes. Um, uh, Go ahead, Lisa. Uh, so I was just thinking, um, I didn't get all the facts when I had my opinion, so I kind of changed my opinion as I was on hold. But it's really scary that a parent could be accountable because, you know, I mean, most of us do our best to raise our kids. But, you know, knowing that their brain isn't fully developed, they make bad choices. But, I, you know, like she's totally, the parents totally here should be uh, responsible for neglect to lock that up and neglecting to give the help they need. But, um what about the, the teachers and the principal who saw these pictures? Because usually the teachers, principals know mo- more about your kids mm. than you do because they spend so much time. Like, why aren't they responsible for keeping their, their, um, you know, the students safe? And why didn't they do something when the parents didn't pick up the, their son? Like, why, why didn't they make the necessary steps to keep the whole school safe? Are mm. they going to be responsible for ne- neglect as well? Or it just seems like... To me, they should. You know, it's an interesting question, particularly in today's world where the parents' rights are being, in some ways, replaced by the school officials. But, you know, I would argue that the school is not the one responsible for your kid. Ultimately, it's the parent or the guardian, if that's the case, you know, for you. But uh, and the school was on top of it. They they realized something was wrong. But I think the hard thing is, is how do you predict when that person is going to lose it? And the terrible thing about this story, there's so many terrible things, but one of them is that on the very day that they brought the parents in and said, you need to take your child home because he's got problems, and they said no, that's the same day as the shooting. Uh, oh, wow. So it's a pretty uh, you know, disturbing case. But I think, I think we go down the wrong road personally by – there's certain things. Oh, I'm, wow. I'm sure there are areas where schools should be held accountable. Like if they knew all this and they didn't say anything as teachers and administrators, right? But – you know, yeah. if we're going to argue parents' rights in a whole lot of other areas, which I think is correct, then we also have to have parents' responsibility uh, as much as it makes sense. Thank you, Lisa, for your call. I appreciate that. What do you think about that? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Maria in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. 
Oh, thank you, Pastor Scott. Um, your previous caller, she had one of my questions. Mm. So one of my questions is um, when the child drew the pictures and went to the principal's office, what did the principal do? Because I worked at several elementary and middle schools, so I kind of know what the protocol is. And was he being bullied? Because I know everybody's making a decision, but they don't have all the facts. Because yeah. usually when you go to the principal's office, and you said the parents said no, okay, so usually at the schools I've worked at, the child stays in the principal office or with security, and then you wait till the parent comes to pick the child up. You don't send the child back, because I've had a lot of scenarios. Mm. You know, was the child being bullied? Mm-hmm. I think they're, they put everything on her, but the schools I've worked at, um, we wait till the parents get off work. You know, they may be way in Watts or uh, East L.A., and we're way in the marina, and but we don't put the, we don't send the child back to the class, especially not after drawing pictures. So somewhere I noticed I didn't hear. It's a hard decision because when the parents said no, so leave the kid in the uh, office until the parents get off work them come um, pick up their child because yeah, you got to yeah. think about all your other children. You know, Maria, I got a, I have the same question and I don't have the answer. Maybe there's an answer, except that, you know, my question is the same thing. So, you know, this child's dangerous. Did you search his right. bag and his locker and his person for a gun? You know, do you, right. if you are right. suspecting something and you think it's urgent, right. I feel like schools right. ought to have the mm-hmm. authority to do that. Maybe they don't. Maybe they, there's, you know, there's weird laws, oh, weird I, privacy I laws out there. Right? I had some interesting scenarios. Uh, the, bu- the bullying is the hardest with kids. So was he, why did he, mm. why did the parents buy him a gun? Was he being bullied? Because yeah. I know there's kids that are being bullied. I, we've had a lot. And they, they, it's really hurtful to the kids. So they'll do anything. Yeah, such a, oh, yeah. it's such that a hard it, thing. Maria, it. great call. Yeah. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. I have to go to a break. I see your calls uh, on here, uh, Heather and uh, Larry and Annette and others. I'll get to your calls when we come back. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can watch us at kkla.com, and you can follow us online on all the so- socials. Just look for us at, at Pastor Scott Show. Follow us on social. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Tonight, an unprecedented verdict. We find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Jennifer Crumbly found guilty on four counts, one for each student her son killed, leaving the courtroom in handcuffs as the first parent in the U.S. ever convicted for their role in a mass school shooting committed by their child. The jury forewoman speaking out to NBC News. It was very difficult. It wasn't an easy decision. The thing that really hammered it home is that she was the last adult with the gun. After the verdict, family members of those four students hugging prosecutors. That is a report for uh, the conviction of Jennifer Crumbly, who was the mother of a Michigan school shooter, and she was convicted for involuntary manslaughter for the four murders that her son committed. And so I've been asking the question, how do we hold parents or how should we hold parents criminally liable for the crimes of their kids? In this case, the parents are very guilty. They even fled. I mean, it's a it's a horrific story. All the way through, they even left the scene, they fled. So they even felt some personal responsibility for what happened, you know. Um, And so there's mom was convicted, dad goes on trial next month. 
but there's a lot of other things that this implicates, and I wanted your thoughts on that. Uh, 888-528-2557. Heather in Newport, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you for having me. Um, I just wanted I just wanted to question one thing, and maybe I missed it already on the news. I'm not quite sure. I'm a nurse, and I'm I, I'm just wondering what was the mental state of the parent? Mm. Because you know, you know, if you know, they say that she didn't come to the school. She didn't. Part, did anyone stop and ask her? Like, do you know who to call? Do you know? Do you need help with this? Do you know where to reach out? Do you, you know, it's one thing to tell a parent, your son's drawing this and doing all this. You need to pick him up. You know, did she get handed, even, even just to get handed the call to, to a psychiatrist or to a counselor, um, that, that, do you do you want us to help you make that call? She looks so disheveled to me, not just because she's incarcerated, not just because just when they put the pictures up at the photo, the first thing I thought was, what's the mental state of the parent? You know, did she buy the gun because did she possibly buy the gun because he was asking and asking and asking and and or did she have her own issues with conspiracy theory? Like, what was her mental state? Her mm. mental state and. I, no, did she get mentally screened, you yeah. know, appropriate? You know, I, you know, I think it's, not- a, it's a great question to ask what the mental health is even of the parents. So clearly the child was mentally ill, and part of the story is that he had written journals where he was begging for help, Correct. and in the journal he predicted what he was going to do, and but in the journal he also noted that mom and dad aren't aren't listening to him, that he's saying I need help, and they're ignoring it. Um, and then, and then at that point they give him a gun, whether he asked for it or whatever the reason and took him to, uh, you know, the range to learn and all of this. Clearly mom and dad have a problem, um, in one way or the other. And there are a lot of character issues with, uh, with them as well. But I think it's a, it's an excellent question. And some of these other shootings and in lots of other crimes that go on, right? Mom and dad are also a mess and the child is raising themselves. Exactly. And, and, you know, mental illness can you know run in families it's not quite sure did she did anyone has anyone uh you know I'm, I, I guess you have to wait for people magazine on this but you know did did they did she take him to the driving range because he perseveres on guns yeah some of that and, information and, might be known but i'm not sure you yeah, know about some exactly. of that. but it's a great but question it, heather to ask that question about the parent's status Right. And then I just want to say, because everyone, I think the whole world, right, we like to say, well, this is this person's fault or this is where the cracks out. But, you know, we parents are the CEOs, the CFOs of their children. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, ultimately, it's God. And and then we come in. And obviously that, you know, that's the case. But that's why I don't think I'm, you know, no one should be looking at schools to be the ultimate. I mean, we've put them, we've given, we've handed over so much of parenting to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I could go on forever about that, but they should be like a second check. They should be a second stop. They should be a resource, not the the person, not the people responsible. But that's why I go back to: Did they adequately give this mother resources? I don't have a mentally ill child. But I do have a child that was on the, is on the spectrum, and I can remember when he went through a phase in high school. It took me a week to wrap around wrap around 
wrap my head around the fact that he went through a phase of of cutting. Mm. And I didn't know where to shout. I didn't know who to talk to. Yes, I went to my church. Yes, I, I was in, I'm a nurse, thank God, and I knew how to get him help. But I, I, I was shocked and lost, and that's why I asked what her mental health was, because if you don't know, this is if your kid is this far gone, it's hard to wrap yourself around that. That's you right. You need a lot of help. Yeah, a I think, lot of help. I think like all of that a- Yeah, is really good points, Heather, is and there's a greater problem, right, in society, um, with how do we help people, you know, who are in trouble and as a parent, you know, when your kids suddenly do something, you do, you don't know exactly who to call and I think it's because in the back of your mind you say that'll never be my kid. You know, or my my kid's not going to cut himself, right? My kid's not going to get involved with that crowd. My kid's not going to, and then they do. Um, uh, And it's a, it's a really big deal. I want to go on. I got a lot of calls. I want to try to get a few more in here, Heather. Thank thank you so much for calling the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557. Annette in Simi Valley, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you, Pastor Scott. Um, I always enjoy your show, and thank you for all the hard work that you put into research these really important topics. Um, I'm from England, and when I was working in England, I was working with kids that got into trouble, and um, we had them in a um, residential center. But but um, today, when I'm working with kids, and I see how little the parents have uh, information about the schools other than the fact they get a phone call and say, you know, your kid was toddy, but they can't access their computers because they don't have the the uh, passcode or mm-hmm. something like that. So they can't see, you know, how, like, information may be on that. I think that should be more accessible. But one of the things that I realized when I was living in England I was told that in Israel, if a kid got in trouble in school, then the parent was asked to go to parent school. Huh. And I think that would be a great thing to start here. Yeah. Is, is they would learn, like, skills. They would learn how to recognize when a kid was in trouble, and, and they would be given resources, like, call this number if this happens, or your kid wants to commit suicide, you know, what to do, because how do... How do parents know if they have no education in it? Most of them haven't. And um, I just thought it was a really, really good idea to to think about to do because it would save this country a lot of money because we have so many kids are mentally ill and we leave it. You know, you don't get mentally ill overnight. It's a progression right. thing. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I, you know, it's so interesting. You talk about that, you know, in, in Israel, there's a lot of things that work because they're under threat, you know, existential threat all the time. That's part of that nation. Right. And if your kid's messing around, we don't mm-hmm. have time to deal with that. Uh, and mm-hmm. in the in the Bible, there's a lot of instruction, especially Old Testament, about mm-hmm. about disciplining your kid and being a parent. You know, uh, mm-hmm. do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. That's, you know, people always go to that one. Um, and maybe you don't have to hit him from with a rod, but uh, you have to discipline. You know, discipline your son and he will give you rest, Proverbs says, and he will be a delight to your heart. Folly is bound up Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. You know, being a parent is an active thing that we have to do. But, but sometimes as a parent, we don't know how to do that. Right. We like you're saying they have too much freedom often and they're not given, you know, borders that say, OK, if 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 you step over this, 
young man or young mm-hmm. lady, then this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And there isn't the consequences. And I think parents could learn to do that because part of my job is going in and teaching parents that, you know, how you say this is what's going to happen if you don't do this. This is part and of your job, actually? Yeah, I'm a life coach. Okay, so you're a life coach. So, I mean, that's a good thing for parents to uh, to know even exists, right? That there are people out there to try to help mm-hmm. you when things come up. Um, there, there's so many layers to this. Um, thank you for calling Annette uh, and sharing okay. about that. You know, there's there's legal layers to this, obviously, and where does this go? There's a conflict between, you know, one part of the culture that's saying that per- parents should have fewer rights and the state should be responsible and in that case, you wonder, well, should the school then be held accountable? Should those administrators go to prison? Then if the mom's going to prison, the administrators knew he was in trouble and apparently sent him back to class. Why didn't they search his, his bags? Why, didn't they, why weren't they able to find the gun? Why did they – they either didn't feel like they needed to or they didn't feel like they had the authority for whatever reason to search his bags. I would like my school to have that authority over my kids, that if they're suspecting something, they have the authority to – Go through his bag, just like any security guard would any place you go into. And, um, you know, so there's those legal questions, and then there's the mental health question, and there's the bigger question about, I think, our entire view of of kids. Um, let me see if I can get uh, one more here. Vicki in Calabasas, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Real quick, we're almost out of time, Vicki. I just was wondering, you know, more and more moms as we've gone to work, uh, and the schools take over more and more of our children's times. Uh, that's why the schools are becoming more responsible for our children, and we have to give up that responsibility. So we need to think about that a lot, about how much we want to work and how much we give up our children because of that. You know, that's a great point. I mean, we have we have so many kids, it just amazes me, who rely on the school for food. You know, so mom and dad aren't even putting food on the plate. And uh, right. sometimes I, that's because mom and dad have to work, right? And and that's how they pay the rent. Other times it's because mom and dad aren't responsible, and they should be able to get a box of Cheerios. Um, but uh, that's a great call, Vicky. I appreciate your call. David, I won't get to your call. Uh, you can call back on Friday for Open Line Friday. Um, such an important issue. But, you know, parents, stay strong. Don't be afraid to be a parent. And to ask your kid, they may not want to tell you stuff. And then maybe you do send them to the youth director or you send them to uh, a counselor if that's necessary. You can go talk to the teachers. You know, when I, when I go to parent-teacher conferences, I could care less about the grades as much as I want to know how are they getting along. Anyway, this is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll see you tomorrow from 3 to 5. You can visit us online on socials at Pastor Scott Show. Follow us now. Good night. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.